Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. As we avail our hearts into your hands, remold and reshape, reform our hearts. Let our hearts conform to your ways. Let our hearts conform to your teachings. Let our hearts conform to what you are about to show us tonight. We glorify your name. Spirit of God, have your way in the name of Jesus. Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Amen. Amen. Linda, are you watching children? Come and sit by Uncle Caesar. Salom, are you on duty? You are watching children. Okay. So all the adults that are... I don't like these people. I don't like to preach to this person. So hide this person. Yes. Come closer. Wonderful. Come closer. Wonderful. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, 
and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fathered calf, because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Do you like the story? Are you tired of hearing the story? It's a very powerful story. Very wonderful story. Amen. And um, we are learning so many things from this very message. Symbols from the prodigal son. And um, I'm hoping that you are also learning something and you are applying. As I was saying last week, it is not more of what we learn but what we are able to apply to our lives that is what matters do you understand that is what matters because you can learn so many things and agree that it is really true and it's powerful and it's understandable but if you do not apply it to your life there is no use of it amen so we are saying that in this story there are two types of christians it is God the Father and his sons. God and his sons. And these are two types of Christians. Do you understand? And it's not a story about a father and a bad child and a good child. This is a story of the father and his sons, the Christians. And we are saying there are two types. The type that left the house and the type that remained. Now, we learned so many things about the child that left the house. And we have come to a stage where we are learning about the ones that remain. The elder brother, the elder son, the elder one who did not go anywhere, such as you. Isn't that correct? So, this message is about you. Amen. And so, I'm going to continue to talk about you. Tell your neighbor tonight also, the message is about you. Say the pastor is going to talk about you. And don't be angry. Tell your neighbor, say, don't be angry. Amen. So we've been learning about lessons from the elder son, lessons from the elder brother. Is that correct? Okay, so we have learned some few lessons so far. And the first lesson, what did we say? You can be in the Father's house and yet have an unforgiving spirit. The second one. You can do the work of God and yet have an unforgiving spirit heart. Amen. Amen. You see, there are some that are in the house. They always hear. They don't go anywhere. They always hear. And they have unforgiving spirit. There are some that are also here constantly. They are here working, doing the work. 
and they have unforgiving hearts. Do you understand? They have unforgiving hearts. They bearing grudge, filled with unforgiveness. And we were saying that the thing about unforgiveness is that it cuts you off God's blessings. It does cut you off God's blessings. It is in your best interest to be able to forgive. It is, it is in your best interest. When you forgive someone, you have done yourself a great favor. Your favor is not to the person that you forgive. You have done yourself a great favor. Amen. And we said that with unforgiveness, if you don't forgive, with time, it fades away. And you think you, would have, you are forgiven until you see the person. The elder brother had forgotten about his brother that left. Perhaps he talked to his brother. Perhaps he said so many things that we have things to do in the house. If this happens, I don't have anyone else. The Bible says the father had only two sons. Perhaps they grew together, doing things together, and they were really close, and he may have spoken to him, but he didn't listen to him. Besides that, he was the elder son. And so he probably felt disrespected that my brother even didn't listen to me. And he left. Do you understand? So when he left, he may have been very angry with him. He could have been very angry. And with time, it may have faded away. He went about his business again, doing the father's work. And he probably may have forgotten about his brother already. Gotten used to it. Perhaps he thought that he's probably dead. Somebody has killed him. Something may have happened to him. And then he showed up. And now we realize that the unforgiveness is still there. Do you understand? So you can be doing the father's work, working in the father's house, but your heart is filled with unforgiveness. Number three. You can be in the father's house and not have the father's heart. The father's heart is a heart of love, heart of forgiveness, heart of welcoming the dead sinner. You can be in the father's house and you appear to have been raised by the father, have some resemblance to the father, yet you don't have the father's heart. Amen. Amen. Yet you do not have the father's heart. And we're saying that if the younger son had come and the first person he met was the elder brother, perhaps he would have gone back. He would have driven him. What do you want here? What do you want here? No one needs you in this house anymore. We don't need you. Do you see? That is how perhaps he would have been treated. And sometimes our attitude is like that to the people that come in here. Our attitude is, you don't belong here. Who are you? I don't know you. People don't feel welcome. And so they leave and they don't come back. If you are the first person they encounter or if you are among the people that they encounter. There are some people in the church that even say bad things about the house to visitors that come in. They say, they talk about their problems with other people to the new person who has come. I mean, there are certain things that new people come to learn that baffles me. That even sometimes I, the pastor, I do not know. And when such a person does not have a heart for the church, does not have a heart for the house of God, and that person leaves, her blood or his blood will be on you. It's true. It is true. Sometimes our conversation drives people out of the place. Sometimes our attitude, we don't care. Oh, the person didn't come to church, so... That drives people out. You know, people like attention also. Don't you like attention? So if you don't give the person attention and you drive the person out, it is because of you. Huh? People like to be wine. Wine. 
and then leave and then let them run. And when they stop, they want to be whining again. But you are not whining them. Makes them not come. Because then they are standing still. They're waiting for you to come and whine them. And you are not whining, so they don't come. That is also your fault. The senior brothers, senior elder sisters, and elder brothers in the house don't do anything to welcome people. They are working in the house. And a lot of times, elder brothers and elder sisters, they are more concerned about the work in the house than to welcome new ones or than to bring new ones or than to go and search for new ones. You see, the father's heart, if you are working in the, in the father's house and you don't have the father's, house, the father's heart, you will not be out there looking out to see your son coming. The father was the first one that saw the boy coming. That means he was always out there looking for him, looking out to see him come back. That is why a lot of you don't go for evangelism. That is why. You don't have the father's heart. You don't have the father's heart. Isn't that so? You don't have the father's heart. But the father, he runs when he sees the son coming. He runs, fall on his neck and kiss him. And right away his, his excitement starts wanting to have parties. May you have the Father's heart. I say, may you have the Father's heart. So the few people who consistently go for evangelism week after week, continue. You have the Father's heart. Continue. They are all being marked and checked. Checked, 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 checked. Ben MC shall be... Your life will be beautiful. Your life will be exciting. Your life will be nice as you bring mood changes in heaven. As you change the mood in heaven, your life will also be nice. The heavens will celebrate you. May the heavens celebrate you. Hallelujah. That there's a party and the reason is because of this person. The angels will be, who, who caused the party? What, what is the reason for this, all this music and dancing? What is the noise? What is all this music and dancing? Oh, this person has brought one of the lost sons and the father is excited and he's throwing a party. Yes. May that be your story. Amen. The next one, we want to talk about more lessons from the elder son. The next lesson, your response to your brother shows the real state of your heart. Your response to your brother shows the real state of your heart. And then put into parentheses, not your response to God. Not your response to God. So your response to your brother shows the real state of your heart and not the response to God. Do you get it? It is your response to your brother. Your response to your neighbor. Your response to the brother. Your response to your, your other church member. That shows the real state of your heart and not your response to God. Amen. It is. Our response to God will never show the real state of our heart. Isn't that so? It is how we respond to our brothers. It is how we respond to our sisters that show who we really are. Not our response to God. Amen. Amen. Looking at some of you in the church, the way you look nice and gentle and quiet and beautiful. I cannot even imagine some of you getting angry. You see, I, you cannot, I cannot imagine how you look like when you are angry. You know, some of you don't look like you can get angry. You see, because when I see you in church, you are always smiling, you know, beautiful. Huh? 
I can't imagine Claudia, for instance. I mean, Adelaide. I can't imagine Adelaide. Angry. You see, I cannot imagine how Adelaide looks like when she's angry. Huh? You see, you can. Amen. Because you see, we see you in church. You're looking all nice and beautiful. I would like to see some of you in your angry mood. Like, so husbands and wives, once in a while, record. Give me a record and send it to me on a, a, give me a video clip of someone manifesting. You know? Because I want to get a picture. I want to you see, I can't see, I can't imagine how Ben looks like when he's angry. Benji, where's Dorothy? You see, so give me a record, you know, give me a video of Benji in, a, in his angry mood. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You know, there are some people you can't imagine how they look like when they are angry. Amen. So we cannot, we cannot see who you really are when we look at how you respond to God. When I look at some of the guys that are around, they don't look like you, know, you can beat a wife. You know? You know you, they, they don't look like they can beat a wife. You see? I cannot, I cannot picture you, you know, giving... Can, I can't imagine. I can't picture any of you like that. Or the ladies, look at how nice they are. You can't imagine them like they insult, you know? That they insult and they suck their teeth and they walk. You can't imagine. You can't, you can't associate it with, with them. Or a wife that is beating the wife, the husband. You see, you cannot, if you look at the ladies that are here, they don't look like. Huh? You cannot imagine. You need to lift up your husband and beat your. <laughs> you know, you cannot, you cannot put that picture like that. Amen. So when someone is interested in any of you and they come to me and they are asking, oh, how is this person? Oh, 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 this person, oh. I can only say nice things. Do you understand? <laughs> because um, <laughs> your behavior in the house is different. Amen. So the elder brother, he appeared to be a perfect son. He appeared to be a perfect son. Never angry with the father's rebukes. You know, the father may have rebuked him just like he had rebuked. Who knows? Maybe the father rebuked the younger son and says, I can't take it anymore. Give my portion of my inheritance. Let me go. But the elder son, you know, always his head down when his father is talking. You know, even when the father is angry at him, he's just taking it in. Gently, he appeared to be a perfect son. Never disagreed with the father's commandment. He says, neither transgress I at any time that commandment. Never. He said that, didn't he? Yeah. Always working hard. Always in the field. Amen. So we respond well. We respond well to God. All of us respond very well to God. But we respond differently to our brothers. Amen. Amen. If God were to look only at how we respond to him, how we worship during praise and worship, for instance, if God were to look only at that, he would only see perfect sons and daughters. If that was his only assessment, if that is the only thing that God is always looking at, then he will only see perfect sons and perfect daughters. Isn't that so? Yes. 
But God does not look at how we worship him. He does not look at how we respond to him to assess us. When God wants to assess us, that is not what he's looking at. When God wants to assess us, he's looking at how we respond to our brothers and our sisters. How we respond to our neighbors. How we respond to our co-church members. If God wants to assess us, he will look at how we respond to our husbands and our wives. That is what God will look at. He will not look at how you respond to him. Amen. Amen. How many of you like God? You love God. You love God. How many of you? At least maybe just... Oh, everyone. Everyone in... I mean, look. Everyone loves God. How many of you have seen God before? Oh. None of you. But you love God. You see, but God is not going to look at how you kneel down and lift up your hands and cry and sing certain songs. You know, hold me close. Let your love surround me and you are in the moon. God, God is not looking at that. First John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20. First John chapter 4 and verse 20. Did you all say you love God? And you say you have not seen God before. There was something I want to tell you, but I want the Bible to tell you so that you don't get angry with me and say when we came to the church, the pastor was calling us certain names. The Bible says, if a man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he is what? Oh, why are you not saying it? Okay. Let's say it loud. First one. Let's read. One, two, three, go. Pause. This is what the Bible is saying. It says, if a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. Tell your neighbor, you are a liar. Say, I didn't say that. <laughs> the Bible said. <laughs> Ask your neighbor. Do you have anyone that you hate? Is there any one person, any person in your life that you hate? Just one. One. One person. You are, you are. Let us preach our message. Amen. You see, everyone has at least one person that you don't like. Amen. But the Bible is saying, if a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he hath loved not, for, for he that loveth not his brother whom he had seen. How can he love God whom he had not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Amen. He says, if a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. If you say you love God and you hate your brother, or you hate your sister, or you hate your wife, or you hate your husband, or you hate your mother-in-law, or you hate your father-in-law, or you hate your, 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 your professor, your supervisor, you hate your landlord. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the end of the month. The Bible says you are a liar. You hate your roommate. 
your brother, your sister, your neighbor. The Bible says you are a liar. And he says, how can you love God whom you have not seen? And you hate your brother whom you have seen. Turn to your brother and look at your brother. Do you see him or your sister? Do you see him? Touch, touch the person and see if you can feel the person. Is the person still there? Can, can you see the person? Can you feel the person? The Bible is saying, this person that you are looking at, that you are touching, how can you say you love the person? How can you say you love God and you hate this person? If you are doing that, the Bible says you are a liar. The Bible calls you a liar. A liar. Look at the Amplified Version. Look at the Amplified Version. Verse 20. Look at that. It says, if anyone says I love God and hates or detest, abominate his brother in Christ. He is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God. It's impossible. You can't love God. Wow. I think it's very serious. It means you cannot love God. It means that you are saying that you love God. You are just saying it. It's impossible to love God if there is anyone that you hate. If you hate your brother, you cannot love God whom you have not seen. You can't love God. Verse 21. And this command, this command, this charge, this order, this injunction, we have from God. We have from him. That he who loves God shall love his brother also. If you love God, you will love your brother. It's impossible to love God and hate your brother. It's impossible. Write that down. Write it down. It's impossible to love God when you hate your brother. It's impossible. Amen. So God will assess your response to your brother to judge that you love him. If God wants to assess how you love him, he will look at how you respond to your brother. Amen. That is how God makes assessment that you love him. The prodigal son came. The father loved him. The father was kissing him. The father was throwing parties at him. Putting on rings and ropes. But the elder brother hated him and wanted him out. Amen. Amen. So God will judge your relation, your love for him, based on how you respond to your brother. God is not interested in how you respond to him. It's not important. He says, you can show so much love for him. It is not love as long as you hate your brother. As long as you hate your brother. Some of you, we will not know who you are. We think you love God until you marry. Or you find a beloved. Then we will know who you are. When I, when I sit with you and I'm counseling you, and then I will know you don't really love God. You hate this guy. You hate him. In fact, you wish that he was never born. Someone told me that his, he, he wished that he had his son all by himself. <laughs> he wished that he, he didn't have this son with this father. <laughs> the next one, making no mistakes can make you develop a true righteous attitude. Making no mistakes in your life. Making no mistakes can make you develop a too righteous attitude. Making no mistakes 
can make you develop a too righteous attitude. You see, when you have the kind of life where everything seems to work out well, you know, everything seems to work out well, you were born to the right family. You see, mother and father at home, raising you, no divorce, you know, taking you to Sunday school, church, right family, sit in a family car on Sunday, all dressed together, and you go to church, sing hymns. Do you understand? You have that kind of lifestyle. You didn't lack anything as a child. Everything was provided. You went to the right school. School of your choice. That pleased your parents also. You did well in school. Because you went to the right school. Right guidance. Took the right courses. Do you understand? So you see, things are working well. Because of good guidance. Because you are guided. Good direction. So things seem to be working well. You never had to do certain things. You, everything was right. You never committed fornication. Do you understand? No fornication. You never ran away from school to meet boys. Or run from school to discos and clubs. Huh? You didn't run away without Eziat. You know what is Eziat? <laughs> Amen. You never had all of these problems. You know, when the time came for you to marry, you married at the right time. The time that you wanted to marry, that is the time that you married. You see, good guidance. And then you married the right person. The right person. Also proper. You know, treat you nicely. You see, have the right number of children you wanted. The right sex you wanted. Do you understand? You see, you realize that everything worked out well around you. You have the right job. You know, you're having the right job, live in a nice place, drive a nice car. You know, everything around you, you have insurance. You have dentists. You go to dentists. You have dental appointments. Some of you have never seen dentists before. But let me seize the opportunity to say that it's very, very important. Very important that you have dental visits on a scheduled basis. Every six months, you go for dental. Very important. Do you understand? Every tooth you lose, you decrease your lifespan. <laughs> You're making me laugh, but it's a serious medical information I'm giving you. <laughs> oh, yes. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Every single tooth you lose, you, your life decreases by a certain number of years. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. It's not days or hours. <laughs> yes. You... <laughs> Oh, yes. Amen. You see, there are some of you, your lives are so proper. You know, even when you look back into your life, there are some of you who look into your life, you assess your life, you can't even pinpoint any serious sin that you have committed. You know, you, you can't pinpoint any serious sin ever in your life that you have committed. <laughs> Let's be serious. <laughs> Amen. 
But you see, there are people whose lives are plagued with all kinds of things. Their lives are plagued with all kinds of things. Fornication, stealing, lying, adultery, alcoholism. You know, they run away smoking, run away from home, and all kinds of things. People whose life are plagued with these things. Do you understand? They have done all kinds of things before. Now, when your life seems to have that perfect form, when your life seems to have that, it can bring certain pride in you. When you look into your life and things have worked out, everything seems to have worked out. Every area. You know, things that people are struggling with, you don't seem to struggle with them. It can bring certain pride in you. And then you begin to look down upon others. You look disdainfully at others. You begin to judge people when you see that certain things are not going on well with them. Isn't that so? You begin to look down on people whose lives, especially if they are not like yours. And it gives you a certain sense of righteousness. Especially when you compare your life and you don't, you don't have all kinds of experience that these people have. It gives you a false sense of righteousness. And it turns you into a judge. Do you understand? It turns you into a judge. Now when you see someone whose life is not like yours, then you begin to look at your life and then judge that person. You find, you see a young woman who has a child, is always coming with a child, but there's no husband. You know, and then you begin to say all kinds of things. You begin to make all kinds of conclusions. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? You hear that someone is saying, oh, you know, I mean, I have had two, three, four abortions. You know, and, and then right away you are looking at, hey, this is a devil. Um, you think you are looking at the devil. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is, that, that, that is how you begin to look at people. You see, life can be very complex. Do you understand? Life can be very complex and you may not have all the information to make certain judgments. And I'm saying all the information to make certain judgments. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, in order to judge rightfully, you must have all the information. In order for anyone to make a rightful judgment, you have to have all the evidence, to have all the information. And no man, no man can ever have all the information. No man can ever have all the information. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You can never have all the information. The only information you can have is the one that you can hear or you can see. Do you understand? Because most of the information, they are in places that you cannot see. A lot of the information, to make rightful judgment, they are in places that you cannot see. A lot of the information to make the rightful judgment, they are in the heart. They are in the heart of the person who you are judging and you cannot see what is in the heart. Not only even that person's heart, but other things that had influenced that person are also in other people's hearts that you cannot see. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That you cannot see. And so when you are beginning to judge, you are gathering information, you are making information partially. Because the most of the information, they are in places that no man can have access to. No man. That is why God is the only one that's supposed to judge. And so the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, it says, judge not, lest you be judged. 
God is the only one that is supposed to judge because he's the only one that has all the information. He's the only one. So he says, judge not. Judge not that ye not be judged. Judge not. Hallelujah. Because we don't have the information to make a rightful judgment. You do not have the information. You see someone who is divorced and you begin to pass all kinds of judgment. All kinds of judgment. You begin to pass all kinds of judgment. But you see, if you were married to the person that the person was married to, perhaps you will not last one month. You will not survive one month. But you see, you begin to make all kinds, because you don't have all the information. You don't have all the information. Then you begin to make all kinds of judgment. Some of you, you were shielded. You were shielded in life. And it was not even possible for you to commit fornication. It was not possible. There was no opportunity for you to commit fornication. And so you grow up and you feel so righteous that all this fornication and all this sleeping with people at age 17 and 13 and 15 and I didn't do those things. No, I didn't do those. Because you did not have the opportunity. You were shielded. You were living in a house with walls and with all kinds of things on the walls around and there was a, as a night man that is watching the gate. There was no way you could go out. Yes. There was no way. There's no way you could have gone out. The, and when the, 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 the semester is starting, um, the school term is beginning, they take you, you sit in a car, they have bought everything for you. You don't even know what is in your box. You don't know. They, everything has, you didn't go to the store, everything has been done, failed. They sit you in the car and they drop you in the school. The school that they put you also is not the kind of school that you just tell it, I'll be back and then you have. It's not that kind of school. Do you understand? You went to a proper school. They put you in a proper school. School with discipline. Do you understand? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So when you when you begin to Pass judgment. You say, oh, all kinds, these kinds of, you know, abortion. And you didn't have the opportunity. You didn't have the opportunity. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You didn't have the opportunity. You know, you were never in any situation where there was no protection. Never in any situation where there's no protection, no guidance. Everything is, you, you are, it's, it's like they define a path for you and then you are walking it. And so you see, when your life is like that, you begin to feel so righteous. Things were so right. You know? You don't know how some people have gone through certain things. You have no idea. You see, you don't, you don't know what is in a person's heart. How that the person would have loved to be proper. You don't know. You can't see what is in the person's heart. And so, you see, you can't pass judgment. The only person that can say that this person is righteous. I know this person was walking on top of the roof and he saw a woman. And he, but he's a son after my heart. You see, you don't understand because you don't know. You can't see all things. You cannot see all things. That you will say, yes, you were born out of wedlock, but you are the one that I'm going to choose to build me a temple. Because you don't know what is in a person's heart. And so you cannot pass judgment. You can't judge. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing this evening? You can't judge. But sometimes we look on the outward and then we pass judgment. Oh, look at her. Look at her. 
You know? That's why no one wants to marry her. Oh. You see? You don't know. You see a person whose wife has left him. And then you say, he deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. You see, you don't know. You don't know what is happening. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing? Yeah. He deserves it. You don't know. Some of you didn't have the opportunity. Some of you, you are not raised in a certain area. Do you understand? You are not raised in a certain area where, where having a boyfriend and a girlfriend was the natural thing. Do you understand? Was the, it's the natural thing that you, you, you don't have one, your parents are even worried about you. <laughs> Do you understand? Your parents are worried. Your parents are worried that you have not brought anyone home. That they feel that there's something is wrong with you. There's something seriously wrong with you. You were not raised in a certain place. And so you cannot understand certain things. And you are not supposed to pass judgment. The Bible says in James chapter 3 and verse 2. James chapter 3 and verse 2. It says... He says, if for in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Hallelujah. So he says, we all make many mistakes. All of us. We all. Say we. we. All. all. Make Say many, many, many mistakes. Is it one or two mistakes? Many mistakes. We all make many mistakes. That is why you should not judge. The Bible says all of us, we all, all of us, everyone makes mistakes and not one or two. We make many mistakes. Many mistakes. And so he says, if any man offend not in word, if a person does not offend in word, do you have another version? Bring another version, let's maybe New Living Translation, or so that people can really see that they are. He says, indeed, 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 we all make many mistakes. All, we all, all of us. Everyone, including the pastor, including the pope, including the judge, including, including the, what was the woman who was, uh, Madame, Madame Teresa? Yeah. The Bible says, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, it means that you, you can't control your tongue. Because there's no perfect man. So he said, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. And could, be, and could also control ourselves in every other way. It means that you can't control your tongue. It means you are not perfect. So don't feel so righteous and judge and condemn others. Don't feel so righteous. And then judge people and then condemn them. Because we all make many mistakes. Luke 15. Let's look at this last scripture again. Luke 15 and verse 27. Look at that. Let's read it. He says, And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fathered calf, because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering, look at this, he answering, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandments. I have served you all these years. I have been in this house all these years, sending me left and right, working in the field, doing the work, winning souls, preaching, visiting people, doing all kinds of things. I have done all of this all these years. I've never transgressed. I've never sinned against you. You see, that's a wrongful statement. 
He says, no, this many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at thy commandment. Neither transgress I at, thy, at any of thy commandments. And yet, thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. So you see, he felt so righteous. He felt that he was the son who never transgressed at the commandment of the father. He was the son who never went out. He felt that he was the son who never committed adultery. He was the son who never committed fornication. He was the son who never stole, who never lied to the father, who never did anything wrong. The father said, you should not steal. I never steal. You say, don't sleep with young girls. I never slept with young girls. You say, don't commit abortion. I never committed abortion. Don't do this. I never. So he felt righteous. Says, yet thou givest, never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son, as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living. Do you see? He knows the sins that this boy has committed. He knows he's not righteous. He doesn't belong here. He's not fit to be here. He says, as soon as this thy son was come, who had committed, he says, who has devoured thy living with harlots. Not even with his friends. With harlots. I don't know who was giving him the information because the guy went to a far country. But he was still getting information. <laughs> I don't know how he got all the information. <laughs> People were Snapchatting, recording him, and then sending it to. Say, as soon as this thy son was come, which I devoured thy living with halots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Amen. So he felt so righteous. He said, this thy son. He felt so righteous. He did not have all the information, so he was passing judgment. He didn't have all the information. He did not know what this young boy went through. He did not know how difficult it was for this young boy to purpose in his heart, really repentful, really re committing his heart, coming back to the father with a heart full of repentance. He didn't know. He didn't have the information. All he knew was what was sent to him through the Snapchat with the halots. But he didn't know when the boy went on his knees and cried and said, I will arise and I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against thee and against heaven. He didn't know. He didn't have all that information. But those things were in his heart. Those were things that he said within him that I'm going back. I know what I did was wrong. I am going back. I am going back. I know what I did was wrong. Some of us, because we feel so righteous, we don't welcome people like that. We don't welcome them. We are the elder brothers who never left. We are the elder brothers who feel so righteous. And so we don't want to associate with certain people. Do you understand? We don't want to associate. We want, we want only the ones who are righteous like us. The ones who never had life like us. And the ones that we want to associate with people like that. Do you understand? There are certain people when they have certain things, they want to associate with people who are in that category also. Do you understand? You want to associate, that's the kind of people you want to associate with, but not the people who are dirty and feeding with pigs and eating with pigs and husk and dead. You don't want to associate with such people, but such are the people that the father is interested in. You see, such are the people that the father is interested in. You want the people to come in the best robes. You want them to come in beautiful rings, wearing nice shoes, and all perfect and looking well. But the father is prepared with his best robe to put on anyone that will come that is dirty. The best robe is in the father's house and he's welcoming. He's welcoming them to come in. You want to see them in their best robe before you associate with them. The father wants to see them come in. And as soon as they come, he's putting on him the best robe that even you have not worn before. You have the best ring for them. The father wants them to come in their dirty robes. He's ready to put on the best robes. 
barefooted. He's ready to put on shoes on them. They have no food to eat. There is a feast that the father is organizing for them. And when you have the father's heart, when you feel in you also that you are not all righteous, that you can also, you see, because anything that happens to anyone can easily happen to you. You know, sometimes when I see certain homeless people, you know, and you find out about who they are, it will shock you. It will shock you. Sometimes you are just about like this to become homeless. You have no idea. When I saw some things many, many years ago, then I began to respect these people. I said, hey, you can easily become like one of these in this country. You can easily become like one of these. That you are working on. Because sometimes, even when you see them, before they really become bombs, what they, are, they have on, you can see that these are proper people. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So let us not pass judgment. Our time is up. Let us not pass judgment. Let us not pass judgment. The father is happy to see them in their dirty robes. No beautiful rings, no, bear, no shoes on them, but he's ready. He has the best robes for them. He has the best shoes and best rings. Let us pause here and we'll continue next time we meet. Stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Pray. Yes, everyone, just pray. 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 Just pray that you will not have a judgmental heart. That spirit. That spirit. You will not have that. You will not have that. You will not judge. You will not judge others. Pray that you have the Father's heart. You have the Father's heart. Oh, you have the Father's heart. Pray. Pray that you have a forgiving spirit. Forgiving heart. A welcoming spirit. A welcoming heart. That you don't feel so righteous. You look in the hearts of men. Indeed, O Lord, you look in the hearts of men. Lord, let our hearts be pleasing to you. Let our hearts be pleasing to you alone. Father, we ask that we have the heart of the Father. May we not judge your God. Deliver us, Lord, from self-righteousness. In the name of Jesus. Deliver us, O God, from feeling so righteous that we become judges. Deliver us from the Spirit. For we do not have all the information to judge. We do not have all the information. Therefore, Lord, deliver us from this. Family, we welcome them that come in the dirty robes. Them that come barefooted. Those who come without wings on them. Give us the spirit to welcome them. For in your house is the best robe. In your house is the best of rings. In your house are the best of shoes. Help us, Lord, to welcome such people. Help, Help us, Lord, to welcome everyone that you bring into your house. For you look out with arms stretched, waiting to welcome them. We glorify your name, Lord. We thank you. We give you honor in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here this evening, you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. You want to give your life to Christ. Lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that, you want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Anyone here? There's a best robe in the house of the Lord. Is there anyone else here? You want to give your life true repentance. The son of Rose, he said, I will arise and I will go back to my father's house. I am coming back fully to my father's house. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? If you have lifted up your hand, come here. Come here with me. Come here. I want to pray with you. This well. Yes. Yes. I survived.
Hannah, Lord, we give you glory. I want you to say this after me and all of you, all the congregation, join me as you say this also. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for me. For dying for Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. For this, night. for this night lord jesus lord jesus tonight tonight i come to you i come to you i come to you with a heart full of repentance lord jesus you know the innermost of man you know what is in my heart lord jesus i come to you with a heart full of repentance please forgive me forgive me all my sins please wash me wash me with your blood cleanse me from all unrighteousness tonight oh Jesus I welcome you into my life Lord Jesus take over take over be my Lord be my master be my savior I surrender all of it to you my life is in your hand Lord Jesus make me as you please tonight please write my name in the book of life in the book of thank you jesus thank you jesus for saving me for saving me i am not going back i'm not going anymore i am not going back i will serve you i will serve you thank you jesus thank you for saving me in jesus name amen father i am thankful and grateful for your daughter lord we thank you we know indeed lord tonight there is celebration in the heavens there is a party in the heavens because this your daughter who was lost is back into your house therefore oh god i pray let a hedge surround her build a hedge around her for when you find one of such sheep you put that sheep around your neck you tie the sheep around your neck that she will not go back again therefore lord tie the sheep around your neck let her not go back again let the enemy not have a hand in her life in the name of jesus surround her fortified in the name of jesus build a hedge around her let the angelic forces surround her let heavenly beings be on guard around her in the name of jesus we thank you lord with all glory and honor in jesus name amen amen hallelujah wonderful my daughter i have this book for you i want you to really read this book and tell me what you learn from this book god bless you god bless you we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.